What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us over the last couple of weeks. I know that this has been kind of a weird time. I know you guys are you're home. You don't have commutes. You're, you can't go to the gym. You can't uh, go to your office and kind of phase out a little bit and listen to podcasts. But I, I appreciate it all the same. Um, I also didn't realize that we were having two guests with a last name of Brown back-to-back until I tried to, to get Lindy's headshot. And I was like, wait a second, I already have a Brown headshot in here. And then I realized that Matt Brown's two weeks ago. So um yeah but nonetheless i've been having lindy on uh from duke if you do not know who he is huge michael jordan fan grew up a north carolina fan just in general and it was funny how everything kind of worked out there for him getting to duke per se uh we talk a lot about kind of mentalities that younger professionals and maybe i'm not even going to restrict it to younger professionals but maybe even uh some older ones maybe basically every single person in this profession should have and that's the kind of worker mentality the bust your butt mentality that you need to have um well i i asked a, i asked a, a question i misheard him on uh but he gave me a really really good answer so i kept it in there normally if something like that happens i just cut it out it's no big deal but uh, he gave a really good answer so i'm just gonna leave it in there so if you hear something and you're like that's not what he said just give it a second he'll he'll get to it uh, because of my mistake so um yeah basically not a whole lot going on as far as news i'm trying to limit the i got i say this probably every other week trying to limit the uh the length of your intros and outros and everything like or your intros i don't do outros anymore so um yeah i'm not i'm gonna go too much into detail about a whole lot i still want you guys to be able to go through the episode and and learn all about lindy and his path uh getting here so we will start off episode 157 of sid cast with lindy brown of the duke blue devils and his uh sport background growing up right here on sid cast Yeah, growing up, I uh, I love sports. I played uh, football very little, um, played baseball and basketball. I was never that great of an athlete, uh, but I also loved, um, loved loved baseball cards. I was a big baseball collector in the in the '80s, um, which now I find out all my baseball cards I ever collected in those time frame really aren't worth anything at all, which is very, of course, disappointing. But I um, I, I got really involved in in stats and new new you know, any kind of baseball player, Kirby Puckett, all those guys from the, from the eighties, especially, uh, their stats. And, um, I actually got involved in a play by mail baseball league. Uh, we used a game called pursue the pennant, uh, and, um, got involved in that in high school and carried on until actually I got married and, um, got to know a lot of guys, uh, 
from all around the world. We ended up starting in high school, having a uh, convention every summer. Uh, that was really, really cool. Um, getting to know those fellas. And, and now some of these guys are, they're still all around the world. And one's even a assistant general manager in a major league baseball. Uh, so it's, um, you know, that was a lot of fun. So I just tried to be involved in any kind of sports I could and um, felt like I finally, you know, those last couple of years of high school uh, got a little bit better, but I was never good enough to make a high school team. Unfortunately, my sophomore year in high school, I was in a car accident a week of baseball tryouts and wasn't able to play because I got hurt and was in the hospital for a week. And uh, so my athletic career never blossomed or anything, but I knew I wanted to be in sports. So I, when I went to start looking at colleges, um, I wanted to see what majors were out there sports wise. Had no idea what I wanted to do, but I wanted to be involved in sports. And so I started applying to schools, mainly in North Carolina. Um, ended up getting accepted in a school called Western Carolina University. Uh, it's in the mountains of North Carolina, Cullowee, North Carolina. And um, they had a sport management major. You know, I was a huge Michael Jordan fan, loved the Bulls. Um, I actually was a big Carolina fan growing up uh, because of Michael Jordan. And, um, so, you know, my dream job was going to be to work in with the Chicago Bulls and be going NBA basketball. So when I went to Western Carolina university, I was going to concentrate in professional sports. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. But, uh, when I went to orientation that summer, um, kind of looked out, I was in an orientation meeting. My parents were kind of just walking around campus and walked in the athletic department and kind of got pushed into the sports information office and my parents started talking to the SID and was, you know, telling them about me and my love for sports and all that. And so we'll have them stop by, ended up stopping by and uh, they were said, no, I would love to have you, you know, help in the office. First year I'd be volunteering very, on a volunteer basis, but then maybe we could pay you after that. I said, sure, that's great. So I just wanted to be involved. So that kind of really just happened on the sports information office and the rest is history. I um, show my age a little bit. Um, my first year at Western was the first year they had stat crew, uh, the stat crew software for basketball. This was back in uh, fall of 91. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I really lucked out with that because I became the stat crew caller for football and basketball, and I helped call and, and also type for baseball. Um, and we were one of the first kind of big stat crews in the Southern Conference. So, uh, you know, we were able to uh, get paid to do the Southern Conference basketball tournaments for men's and women's. Uh, we had a crew that would go there and, and be, they'd put us up in the hotel and did that and uh, ended up working in the sta uh, sports information office each of my years at Western and loved it. And as I got a little bit more experience, they gave, put me as the women's tennis, men's and women's tennis SIDs. So that was a lot of fun, uh, kind of getting some more experience with that. And, um, you know, I, I worked all the time. I worked every home football game, every basketball game, and uh, really had a lot of fun. So that's kind of how it kind of got started for me. Yeah, you mentioned that you're a big Michael Jordan fan. I, I think you know that this question's coming. How's the documentary for you? I love it. Uh, I've only watched the first two episodes so far because I want my son, who's 16, to watch it with me as well because he's a big sports guy and he plays a lot of sports. And 
uh, wanted him to see that. So we've watched, we watched the first two this past Sunday and hopefully, uh, you know, when we can fit it in our schedule, we're going to watch the next two, maybe this weekend, but I love it so far. Um, it's, uh, he was just amazing, amazing athlete, um, person, just, uh, I think he's one of going to be one of the best ever, you know, play and of course. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that you were a North Carolina fan growing up and then you go and work for Duke, your rival. I mean, cause I've always said this and I won't name the, 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 the school that I, the, I, for lack of a better term, despised growing up when I was in high school. So what was it like to kind of, kind of put that mentality on the back burner that like, Hey, this is just a game, but this is, but my career and I have a great opportunity to, to work at a place like Duke. I mean, what, what did that conversation look like in your head? Yeah. You know, it, it really wasn't too hard at all. Um, I mean, when I got, when I graduated college, I had a few offers to, for internships and, um, had a nice internship at Kansas. Uh, Dean Buchan, who used to be a SIE in the business, um, gave me the opportunity to go there, but then I, also had opportunity to be the sports information director, marketing and promotions coordinator at USC Aiken in South Carolina. So I ended up taking the the SID job in South Carolina. And I really worried, you know, going D2 after being there a couple years, did did I make a mistake by going D2? Because I eventually I wanted to get to the ACC or, you know, the Power Five and um, but then luckily it worked out. I was able to they, Duke had a couple different job openings for first couple years when I was out of college and um, didn't work out the first time. But then the next time ended up getting a job offer and, and was so excited just to be in the ACC. You know, I, in my my office at USC Aiken, I had a, a big poster of Dean Smith, uh, him winning the you becoming the all time wins leader, you know. And um, but once I got the job at Duke, I mean, that all just got put on the back burner, of course. I mean, um, you know. I'm allegiant to, uh, to my employer and, uh, but also, well, I'll always kind of have a, um, you know, place in my heart for, for North Carolina, especially North Carolina men's basketball. I mean, growing up like that you know, from being in the ACC, growing up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you know, that's what it is. You know, we didn't have any professional sports in my area growing up around here. So it was college sports is what, um, what it was. And it, you know, this is the Mecca of college basketball around this area. But now of course we have Carolina Panthers and, uh, and other, you know, Carolina hurricanes and things like that. But we didn't have all that when I was growing up, but, um, it wasn't that hard at all. I mean, it, I was amazed the hatred of North Carolina and Duke, uh, never knew it was quite as bad as when I actually got a job at Duke. And some of my coworkers were probably cheer for, uh, Russia over, over Carolina, you know, little things like that, that you kind of, here and um but it wasn't that hard at all i mean my my family now is is a a duke family and we cheer for duke and uh they've my kids have grown up going to basketball games and football games and um any kind of other sporting events and and they're total allegiance to duke so it's uh it wasn't that hard but it's uh a lot of my buddies college buddies everything had a lot of fun with that of course when i job that's awesome. You mentioned you went out to Kansas for a little bit. I mean, how did, how did that work out? Um, I mean, you, you said you were looking around for college in the North Carolina area, and then all of a sudden you found yourself all the way out in Kansas. So uh, tell us about that experience. 
well, actually, I didn't. I had an opportunity to be an intern. Opportunity, that's right. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so I never actually accepted that. Um, okay. But it was it was a great opportunity, and I, you, know, I like I said, I wondered, did I make a mistake? You know, mm-hmm. because that would have been a great D one internship. That would have got some great experience, of course. But also, you know, going to a D two school, you know, I think I'm very grateful for that opportunity I had at USC Aiken because it really showed me everything that goes on in college athletics. Cause I did everything, you know, I did information, marketing, promotions, you know, empty trash. I did, you know, you set up everything, you do everything. I was a one man shop for 11 sports and, um, I worked my butt off and, uh, you know, I, I think it helped groom me to where I am today in my, um, mentality, my work ethic, everything, uh, you know, it hasn't slipped. I don't feel like in my 21 years at Duke. Um, and, uh, it is, um, you know, something to be said for a, a D2 school that you're a one man shop and you're, you're doing anything you can to get, uh, volleyball players or anybody else to help you out, you know, with, uh, any kind of research projects or stats or anything. And, um, it was a good learning experience because, you know, I tried to take a lot of the things I learned at Western Carolina and put in place at D2 at USC Aiken. And there's certain things that, you don't do, don't need to do it D2 level than you do at D1 level, of course. And it was funny. I, I'm still good friends with our conference um, PR director that was at the Peach Bell Conference. He went on to be a um, SID at Virginia Tech and other places. And, and you know, we reminisced a lot, but he, he would always joke around that all this, I did like a weekly release for volleyball when I first got there in August and September and, uh, so when I was doing that, he was like, oh, Lindy, what are you doing? You, this is not something you need to do. You know, you need to, work, you know, you know, manage your time better and use, uh, you know, because not your media, local media is not going to really, you know, utilize this. So uh, it was a learning process, of course, but it was um, it was fun. And, and I still keep in touch with the people at USC Aiken today and, um, you know, always, you know, will have a, a big place in my heart. Um, because I felt like it really did prepare me for, you know, when I did get to Duke. You and I kind of had the same little background-ish <laughs> mentality too, because I I went to my undergrad, my assistantship, my my short-term GA ship was at Division Two, and then I, I jumped to Division One. I. I mean, for people who are, might be at a smaller level, maybe NAI, D three, D two, what have you, and they want to make that jump. I mean, what what would you tell those people to kind of? that might be down on themselves or maybe even doubting themselves a little bit that in fact they can do it because some of them might be in the best position to do it. I would say just a network, um, you know, get to know other people in, in the D one areas, uh, conferences, um, you know, different institutions between, you know, Cosida to just maybe your local colleges, you know, uh, I know we we get busy all the time and we don't, maybe have enough time. We don't feel like we have enough time to go out and help other people. But, you know, if it's a D2 school in North Carolina, you know, and they're hosting a regional or something, go out and help out with that. You know, if you, if you can manage the time where you can get away, I know spring is tough with so many people have 11 sports and you're a one man shop and you, you can't in the spring with softball, baseball, tennis, golf, everything going on. You can't even get an inch of time, but, that's the way I got to do, you know, my time at Duke, 
I was able to get in there because when I was at Western Carolina University, we played Duke in men's basketball twice over Christmas. So when I was at home in Raleigh, you know, of course, I talked to the SID at Western, who was Steve White, which, you know, I can't say enough about Steve White giving me the opportunity and, and so much I learned from him. But um, he got me press passes for those two games. So when I went to those two games, I met Mike Craig, who was SID. Um, you know, it, it helped out, too. I think that my Little League basketball coach was A.J. Carr, who was the beat writer for Duke for the Raleigh News and Observer. So I was able to see him and reconnect with him. And, um, you know, so I, it's it's all about who you know. Um, you know, I've, I've really started enjoying the mentorship program in Cosida, uh, where I have a mentee who is a young lady that's D, D3 level, who's just finishing up her graduate work. And I've been so impressed with her and her work ethic and seeing all the stuff that she's doing that, you know, I keep talking to her about, hey, you need to apply for these things. Of course, right now is a terrible time uh, to try to get a job out there because most everybody's not hiring. But, um, you know, I've already talked to my boss at, at Duke to try to uh, say, hey, we need to get her aboard if, if we have an opportunity. Um, you know, between the mentorship program, just really get to know and network. And uh, I think that's the best avenue because like I said earlier, it's, it's a lot of it's the, to these days, it's about who, you know, um, and if you can get your foot in the door at one place, uh, you know, I think that is all the difference in the world. You know, I have a good story. I feel like, um, two summers ago, we had a young man that was at the D3 level, going through doing his graduate work. And he reached out to me, his name's Nick McDonald, uh, reached out to me about coming and volunteering for like two or three weeks during the summer and just uh, kind of see what our office is like, you know, and he came in for literally three weeks and he worked hard. He, um, you know, did some different projects for a few of our SIDs and, you know, um, we were impressed with him. Um, next fall, one of our SIDs left and we ended up promoting our intern to her spot. So we had a, a internship available in December for the rest of the year. You're like, gosh, what are we going to do? Uh, this is a terrible time. You know, so we put a little few feelers out there and I was like, well, what about Nick? You know, he, I know he was, he was with us for a few weeks. So I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, what's your thoughts? Um, you know, told him what's going on. I mean, would you have any interest? Because I know you're still in your graduate work. And um, in a matter of two weeks, he was an intern at Duke. And the only reason he got that is because he came and he volunteered for three weeks in our office. Otherwise, that would have never happened. You know, so I tell that story now to a lot of young people that are trying to get in the business and, you know, say, hey, just you know, help out, volunteer, whatever you can do just to get your foot in the door. Um, I think that that story about Nick, now Nick came on and did an internship the rest of that year, started out with us for the next year. Now he's an assistant SID at Pitt. So, so I think that, that right there shows you it, it can happen for sure. And, you know, we also have, um, we had a full intern this past summer, uh, came from the D3 level, and he in, interned all summer and then got a job with East Tennessee State uh, for the next year, for this past year. Uh, so it, it is definitely possible. And, you know, 
if you get in with a D1 office with an intern or volunteer work or whatever, you know, a lot of those SIDs, they know people and they know them well. And so we can put out good feelers for them, you know, to, um, to help each other out. So, you know, but it's also a twofold thing where if you go in, you better impress them too. You know, if you come in and you don't do as good a job, then of course, you know, we're not going to go to bat for you as much because that's one thing we stress to all of our interns. You can make this internship, uh, you will make this internship what it is. You know, if mm-hmm. you come here and you just sit back and you just do minimal work, you don't ask for more, you don't want to, if you see things that we're doing that you don't know how to do, you don't ask questions, uh, then it's not going to be worth it. But if you come in here and you bust your butt and you do anything and everything you can, uh, then you're going to get the best opportunities afterwards as well. I like the mentality for, for especially because like we have a lot of like younger professionals, maybe even undergrads and grad students that listen to the show. So I like the mentality of going out and, and creating opportunities and creating doors for yourself. Because I'm sure you didn't ask for that person to come in for three weeks and help. They just emailed you off the bat and said, hey, I've got some free time. Let me help you and won't do a good job. I'm also with you on the because uh, you can't just. I feel like what a lot of people are doing now is they're going into their new internships, whether it be in pro or college, and they're just checking off boxes. That way, the next opportunity they can say, hey, I worked for the Reds, but what was the quality of work too? I mean, how do you feel about that kind of things that are going around? And uh, how do you think that people can correct that? For sure. I mean, we see it in both ways, you know, at Duke, where I'd say we average two to three interns every summer. most of our interns we get for the full year, we have two positions that are kind of not really interns. We call them staff assistants, and uh, but we give them. They have two or three sports, and they they work their butt off. They they work hard. Um, but for our summer interns, yeah, we see a variety. We see we have some that come in, and like I said earlier, kind of really bust it and do a bang up job. They go above and beyond uh, what really the call of duty is. Um, but then we do have a few that come in and, and just kind of tread water a little bit. And, you know, you don't know if they're really staying busy or not, because we're not the type of office at Duke that will look over your shoulder all the time. And we want you to get the experience and be able to do things on your own, too. Um, one thing, a few things that we've been trying to do the last few couple of summers, especially, is um, have give them ownership of something. Um, for example, I have a weekly notebook for women's basketball that we started a couple of summers ago. And that's one of the things that I usually will give a intern and just ha- let them take ownership of it. And, you know, I ask them to monitor Twitter, you know, I'll, I'll find some different articles that I see as well, but check out Twitter, see what alumni are doing, tweeting about, um, you know, their, their teams in the WNBA and so on. Um, and I can see for that notebook really how much they're paying attention as well, because if they're pulling different tweets from, um, teams and alumni and stuff that I'm not even seeing at some points, then I know really, Hey, they're, they're really taking ownership and, um, really putting their heart and soul into this project. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the big thing is just trying to instill, look, if you want to get in this business, go into a place, work hard. And then, like I said earlier, that people will help you out and do like, I know for our office, if you come in here, you work hard, we will do anything and everything we can to reach out um, 
and try to help out with you getting a job somewhere. And, um, you know, that's, we, we have a big, we show a lot of pride in that and, uh, we will try to help out as much as possible. I like giving them ownership of something. It's a lot better than just giving them a project to do, you know, because giving them something to, to work on and to, and to won't be held accountable for, uh, I feel like keeps them more productive even in the longer run. Um, I also think that a lot of people should just reach out to different places uh, as far as like bowl games or even conference tournaments, D3. Like I would love to, this past year to work for the Monon Bell game for the D3 football, uh, DePaul and Wabash, but it just didn't happen for me. But um, I, I think that a lot of people are just afraid of hearing no. And that's the second best answer you can get. <laughs> Because yeah. you could not get an answer at all, right? And and then you, all of a sudden you're you're kind of with your hands in the air, like you don't know what to do. But um, yeah, let's get back to your background here a little bit. And a couple more questions I wanted to ask you. So, what was the adjustment like going from D two to D one? Because I I don't know about you, but for me, like at D two, like you said, I was doing a lot of stuff. Like I was there significantly before game day for any basketball that we had because that was our number one sport. And I was setting up literally everything, rolling out cords, the sound system, everything. And all of a sudden, Indiana, like, if I touch that, I'm fired. So what was that like for you? I mean, did you ever feel like that at all? Or were you just like, man, this is the life? No, I mean, when I first started Duke, it was November of 99. So this is a long time ago. And we had four staff members. uh, And actually, my first day on the job, Mike Craig, who hired me at Duke, which I'll forever be grateful for him uh, for bringing me to Duke. But, you know, my first day on the job, he announced he was moving to the Legacy Fund of Men's Basketball, and we were going to hire a new head SID. Uh, so, um, so that, of course, was a big change for us, which we ended up hiring John Jackson aboard, and he was he was amazing. Um, you know, he, he took our office of four people, which the one person – um, the head SID was always did men's basketball. So you had three other people for 25 sports. Uh, so we were busy. Um, you know, my first number of years I worked, you know, tons and tons of hours, which, which I enjoyed. It was fun. Uh, you know, I had seven sports when I got to Duke also did the football game program, uh, which was a bear. And, um, so I worked, you know, all of our home football games. I worked, um, home men's basketball games if I was not traveling with women's basketball and, um, you know, really got the whole experience. I mean, and I loved it. It was, it was a great uh, experience, but it, it was a big change for me. You know, you know, granted I had 11 sports at USC Aiken and went down to seven at Duke, but it's a different work. Um, you know, I had some media interviews at USC Aiken, but it wasn't anything like at Duke, uh, you know, and, and getting to work with ESPN and, Sports Illustrated and, uh, you know, everything else nationally and locally, you know, at, back at that time, you, we had, you know, of course, you know, a lot more media contingent, you know, local media, you know, with newspapers and, uh, you know, it's a shame what is, what has happened today with all of our, uh, newspaper writers, but, um, you know, it was, it was a big, big difference. I, I mean, I had to learn how to manage my time much differently, uh, you know, I'm a big relationships person. So I feel like I've always prided, prided myself on getting to know our student athletes and coaches. And so early on trying to manage that was a big chore because I didn't feel like I could put a hundred percent in any sport because I was spread so thin. 
and um, which I was kind of like that at USC Aiken as well. But it was it was a big learning curve, but it I adapted pretty well. Um, you know, I had to uh, just with my writing style with certain things. Um, you know, I learned a lot my first couple of years. Uh, you know, because I was very raw coming out of college and and going to a one man shop at USC Aiken D two. I didn't really have that kind of mentor that was looking over my shoulder a lot at USC Aiken. So I really utilized my coworkers a lot that had more experience than I did. And um, they gave me a lot of great advice and just um, ways to do things with them. You know, Cause back then we used uh page maker to lay out all of our stuff. And, you know, so I had to, you know, a learning curve of using that a little bit and um, just laying out all the media guides and just managing each and every sport with interviews um, and just told, you know, back then, you know, we still did a lot of the game operations and all that. We didn't have a game operations office. We didn't have much of a compliance office. And so that was, you know, we still did a lot of that. These, these days now, you know, it, it's amazing. You know, I'm able to, I have two sports, women's basketball, women's golf. We have a game operations office. It sets a lot of stuff up for you for game day. And, uh, so we're kind of spoiled these days that, uh, all the different, um, you know, other offices and departments that we've added since I started at Duke. It's, it's amazing the, the way Duke has grown over the years from starting in fall of 99 to, you know, 2020. It's, it's amazing. And how many, how, what, how I work with some just incredible people and, and uh, knowledgeable people at Duke that, um, just makes our lives, you know, so much easier. You know, we, we had to do video and all that over the years. And now we have a Blue Devil Network department. We have a social media department. We have, um, like I said, game operations. We have, you know, a bigger staff. It's just, uh, amazing how things have changed over the years though. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about the fan interaction and how that works, because for Duke, I mean, you guys almost are like a national brand because there are some people that I've known here in Indiana. He's a Duke fan, but he's from up by Chicago. So talk about kind of the interaction that you guys have, how you um, kind of interact with your fans a little bit, even at a women's basketball perspective to where I know basketball's king at Duke. So, I mean, how does that all look like for you? Uh, what kind of steps do you guys take? Um, do you treat it any other differently than you do any other sport? Well, you know, we have a pretty good marketing department at Duke. So they, they handle a lot of the fan stuff, but for me, you know, it's been fun to get to know the fans over the years. Um, you know, for basketball, especially, uh, you know, there's been fans that, you know, I got to know when I first got there in, in fall of 99, you're still, you know, following the team to this day. And, you know, those relationships have been great to, to form. And, um, you know, we have some that are, are more dedicated than others that, uh, that will actually travel with us some here and there. And, you know, I've always tried to make them feel a part of the family as much as possible. Um, you know, especially with, with kind of me having my own kids myself, you know, I, I talk to our student athletes, you know, at the beginning of the year and, and try to really tell them how much of a role model they are. I don't think they realize how much a role model they are to kids, especially because I see my daughter who's 12 that, um, she, her and my family traveled to Florida with our team for Thanksgiving a couple years ago. And we rode back from a game on our bus 
and she sat next to one of our student athletes on the bus and you would have thought she won the lottery. She was so excited. And, you know, I try, try to tell, you know, them to try to interact as much as you can and, and thank them for coming. That's what kind of I talk about media as well to our student athletes. You know, we don't get as many media for women's basketball as we do for men's basketball, of course. And, you know, try to thank them for coming and appreciate them, you know, being around and, and covering our sport. And um, you know, try to always be courteous to them as well. But but it's been fun. I mean, you know, they we try to do we have different we have a membership program now for women's basketball and um, that try to help, you know, get a little in more inside access because that's what people want. I think we try to use Twitter and social media as um, kind of a, a bridgestone with our fans and our student athletes to show them more of the behind the scenes. Cause that's what they love is that behind the scenes look, um, you know, but I, I try to do my part with me in the sports information by getting to know them. And if I see certain ones on a, a row game, you know, saying hello to them, how are they doing? Thanks for coming. Um, you know, I'll get media guys printed every year and once in a while I'll do some, promotional like notepads and and so on did i give away to promote like a player for national player of the year all america um for example if i have some leftover media guides or notepads um at a road game and i see a few duke fans there I, i'll grab them and and give them to them hey thanks for coming out and supporting us at the game you know try to do my my part a little bit and um you know helping um our fan base you know feel engaged and um you know, so it's, it's been fun over the years, like I said, to get to know them. And, you know, like we had a, a road game this year, Clemson and all of our road devils. We have a kind of a group of road devils where they're traveled to some uh, away games on a bus. And they went out to dinner at this one restaurant. So myself, the radio guy, Chris Edwards, and um, ended up going to that dinner restaurant. We had dinner with them and, you know, talked to them a little bit and said hello. And, um, you know, little things like that just to try to, um, play my part a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's been fun to kind of see that grow over the years and, you know, I, I'll never forget, you know, some home games that, you know, we had our first sellout in Cameron, um, you know, for, for my standpoint, uh, versus UConn one year that I'll never forget just kind of standing there at the scorers table and they opened the doors and, the fans just stormed in and it filled up so quickly. And I'll never forget that because it was just such a great feeling and happiness to see, uh, you know, all of everybody's hard work go in to, to have a sellout in front of a national audience. And um, you're seeing a full press row and of media and, and you know, it, it just uh, was so exciting to see stuff like that. And, um, you know, so it's, you know, having that fan relationship and interaction, I think is key for, you know, for our standpoint and, um, you know, helping the program. And like I said, I love the program. So I try to help any of our programs with fans and, um, you know, trying to keep everybody happy and coming back and supporting the program and maybe even help, maybe that will end up helping with getting donations and so on. Yeah. I love being able, I love the thought of, it's kind of going the extra mile and just like what you said, just handing out some things and saying, thanks for coming. Cause it's just, well, thanks for coming. The three words you can say, and it just goes a long way with people. I feel like, yep. so love it all, man. Um, yeah, let's, uh, I like to treasure this part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. How does that sound? Sounds great. Awesome. Well, the first question I have for you and you can take your time with it. Uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure. 
Wow, that's tough. Uh, you know, some of my favorite memories, I think, for, are football, going to the Final Fours, experiencing, you know, those first few experiences. Um, yeah, I'll never forget, you know, going to the 2002 Final Four um, in San Antonio, and I didn't have a cell phone yet. And uh, we went through our full day of uh, interviews and meetings and all that, and get back to my hotel room and there's like 15 messages on my hotel uh, phone. And uh, so I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to get a cell phone. Um, you know, but, but it's uh, I think, you know, final fours for basketball NCAA championships for my golf program that I've covered for the last 21 years. I've been luckily to be involved in six national championships for them. Um, you know, I think those are some of my best and most, um, best experiences I feel like over the years and, and just developing the relationships with the student athletes and seeing them succeed is always a big highlight for me. Uh, what about on the other side, if you have one, what is your biggest horror story? One of the toughest parts I feel like of our job is when we lose and, you know, especially that last game, getting the student athletes to the podium and still talking for the interview. I'll never forget in 2004, we lost, our women's basketball team lost in the Elite Eight. Um, Elena Beard, who our best player in school history, um, after the game was sobbing in the shower. Um, not And just still, of course, dressed and all that, but just she just had to get away from everybody else and just was sitting in the showers, just crying like crazy and, and trying to console her and still be able to get her to the press conference that that's just um you know that's just some of the toughest parts uh, you know i think other horror stories are just i think when when you're doing stack crew and power mm -hmm. out or, or the you know it locks up and um you know not having a stack crew show up or yeah you know, i think that's some of your horror horror stories that i think of um you know, when you're managing a game like that. But uh, but those those kind of aspects right there are some of my worst nightmares, I think. Uh, in your mind, would Tracer characteristics make a good SID? Will you repeat that? I'm sorry? In your mind, would Tracer characteristics make a good SID? Well, I think uh, caring, um, you know, I think hard work, uh, you know, dependability, um, you know, just a love of sports. Uh, it takes a certain person to be a sports information director, I feel like, because, um, you know, you, you do all the behind the scenes work and you work a lot of hours. Uh, you, know, you spend a lot of time away from your family. Um, but, uh, but it's, I think, feel like it's kind of ingrained in me that um, it's something I've always loved. I've never dreaded going in the office any day of the week. Um, but it's, it, it takes a certain, a special person to, to keep it going. Cause it's, it's definitely meant for some people and it's definitely meant not meant for others. And, um, you know, and I have no problem with that at all, but, uh, it, it's a certain breed for sure. What's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? You know, I would love to, you know, do more of like some graphics. Uh, you know, I've, I've over the years gotten to know some more of a Photoshop and, um, but I haven't really dove in hard and heavy. Um, you know, I can do the basic things and things, but I, I would love to, you know, for the last number of years, I'd love to kind of take more of an interest and be in some more creative parts of Photoshop and be able to display out there, 
know, these days, a lot, a lot of schools are getting their own graphic design designers and all that. So, but that's something I've always kind of enjoyed. Okay. Um, let's see outside of the office. What do you do to have fun? Uh, well, I enjoy, uh, spending time with the family. Uh, I love watching movies. Um, you know, any kind of sports with my kids. Um, yeah, I, I am luckily in this profession where, you know, we can leave if we need to in the afternoons, if we don't have a sporting event or what, and I can go and take my kids to practice or games. And there's nothing better than being able to go to your, my son's baseball game or, um, football game or my daughter's soccer game. And, uh, be able to watch them, you know, play. And, and that's what, you know, a few things I really enjoy and, um, you know, spending time with the family and just kind of, um, you know, going to, uh, I, I married into timeshare in Aruba. Uh, so, uh, my wife's family has been going there for 50 years. And, uh, so I enjoy vacationing to Aruba when we have opportunities during the summer as well. Uh, next time somebody's in the Durham, Raleigh, just basically anywhere you can think of in North Carolina, what's your restaurant and bar recommendation? Mm. Well, if you need one, one of a good steak, I'd say Angus Barn. Uh, that's one of you know our favorite places that, you know, we don't get to go there very often, but it's, we want to celebrate something. Uh, you know, I think that's perfect. Um, you know, there's a lot of great wineries and breweries, you know, in the mountains and, uh, that are a lot of fun. Asheville, North Carolina is a great area just to go out and tube and, and all that. It's one thing I love about North Carolina is you have the beach not too far away and you got the mountains not too far away. So you got either one. Um, so I'd say that. Uh, if anybody had a question with you, wanted to follow up with you, um, what would be the best way to do it? It's an email, uh, lindy.brown at duke.edu. That's uh, probably the best way to contact me and and I'm always willing to help out, you know, anybody in our profession that wants advice or, um, you know, or feeling or in their situation or anything. Uh, that's what we're here for. Awesome. Well, Lindy, thank you very much for coming on. We all really do appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate you doing this and uh, giving our profession a voice like this. And uh, you know, that's really great of you to do that. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, again, another great episode today. So thank you. All right.